Elizabeth Warren finally dropped out of the race for the Democratic nomination for president today. She stepped outside of her Cambridge, Massachusetts mansion and spoke to the press and her supporters. And she announced that she was ending her bid for the presidency. And she said that she wasn't ready to support another candidate for president. So there'll be a lot of speculation until she decides who she will support. But that isn't my question. My question is, how the heck did it take so long for people to realize that she might be the most annoying presidential candidate ever? Can anyone answer that question? Sure. Now everyone is saying it. Well, except for the fools on CNN and MSNBC who say that the reason she wasn't doing well was because of misogyny. What a joke that is. Elizabeth Warren is an authoritarian socialist in fake Indians' clothing, and she just couldn't fool enough people to get the nomination. She had to drop out because she's a terrible candidate, and she tanked on Super Tuesday. But why didn't anybody see it sooner? Or did they see it, but they were simply hoping that she would grow on us or we'd overlook her lying, opportunistic, power-seeking personality because we were so impressed by her impressively detailed plans. Now, people who know her, who have dealt directly with her, say that she's a cold and very mean person, and she never listens to anyone. She's always right, and you're always wrong. Thankfully, we've been rescued from four years of this screeching, preaching, fake Indian who would have driven us all nuts if she'd ever been elected president. So she finally dropped out of the race today because she has no future as a presidential candidate. Her campaign started going south in the last two debates. The last one finally turned off a lot of people. She showed her true colors in that debate, and it wasn't pretty. In the first debate for Minnie Mike Bloomberg, a lot of Democrats and Republicans alike liked what she did when she angrily attacked him and she scored some devastating attacks that many thought he deserved. Her attacks pretty much ended his presidential hopes, but it showed a mean and nasty side of her that people didn't like. Liz might be the most annoying candidate ever, but Michael Bloomberg is the most boring candidate and the most condescending man on the planet. If he was a member of her tribe and she the chief, he'd be quickly finding himself tied hands and feet to an anthill while being covered with honey. So the question is, how did this most unappealing person get this far? Is it just another over-the-top manifestation of Trump derangement syndrome? Do they hate him so much that this woman actually became the frog that turned into a princess? But then it was discovered that she was really just a frog after all. The answer might be more obvious than that. After all, she's from Massachusetts, a state where it's very common to have frogs be mistaken for princes and princesses. Isn't this the state that gave us Michael Dukakis and John Kerry and Ted Kennedy? And who could forget Mittens Romney? Sure, John Kennedy was from there too, but as it turns out, he was the exception. It seems that the left and the media haven't learned anything about bad candidates from Massachusetts, have they? For more than a year, they've been trying to tell us that she deserves to be president because she has a lot of ideas, 
And now that people are focusing on her ideas and realizing that they're terrible and unaffordable, she lost all her support and had to drop out. Now, the media have been trying to con us, trick us, make us look like fools. Another bad candidate for Massachusetts? You have to be kidding, right? And you think you can actually convince us to vote for her. Well, it didn't work out for the media, did it? The left and their media friends hate President Trump so much that they actually convinced themselves that America would elect this angry, awkward, screeching goofball, left-wing lunatic Harvard professor as president. And they wonder why we've lost faith in the media. And they think that she was electable because why? Well, they said it was her ideas, her Harvard professor ideas. Right, her ideas. They thought that we'd actually look at her plans and we wouldn't see how bad they really were. But they couldn't hide this crazy, unaffordable Medicare for All plan that she supported despite the overwhelming evidence that, one, we can't possibly pay for it, and two, that millions of Americans would have to give up their private health care plans, plans that they like a lot in exchange for a government-run system that'll work like, what, the VA and the Registry of Motor Vehicles and the government agencies that are responsible for filling potholes? Yeah, those people. So what if you have to wait a few months to get an appointment with your doctor or over a year to get a hip replacement? Or they treat you for cancer months after your diagnosis, putting your life in jeopardy. And did I mention that this horrible health care idea is unaffordable? Members of the media took a very long time coming to grips with the harsh reality that they might just have to give up on Elizabeth Warren for president. Now, does this mean that Bernie Sanders is going to get the nomination with her gone from the scene now? Elizabeth Warren was just as bad as Bernie, but the media hoped she'd be the one. The loss of this fake Indian has to be tough, very hard on them, because they were so excited that she has all of these ideas. They claim that she's some kind of policy genius, a woman who's only interested in thinking of ways to help the poor and the oppressed, someone who just loves to pop open a cold bottle of beer, maybe drink it down in one swig, slam the empty bottle on the table, and then sit down in front of her computer and crank out one wonderful plan after another, all aimed at improving the lives of ordinary Americans. I'm overcome with awe. Just give this woman enough beer and enough time in front of her computer, and she'll solve all of her problems. But then people saw that her biggest plan, the Medicare for All plan, was just awful. And they wondered, does that mean that most, if not all, of her ideas are bad? Well, I'm afraid so. Sorry to have to break the news to you now that her entire narrative is broken down. We can say it. I don't even need to spell this out for you because you already know it. Her ideas were all bad, really bad, terrible, idiotic, foolish, just plain nuts. That's right, nuts. Her so-called ideas were nothing more than warmed over big government leftist leftovers that'll bring us to the brink of socialism. And that was Liz Warren's ultimate goal. Well, her goal was to get to socialism, not just to the brink of it. Let's be clear about that. 
You know, that's the problem with these socialists. They start out with all of these plans, and some people praise them. But pretty soon, they have a plan for everything. One-year plans, and two-year plans, and five-year plans. And pretty soon, you have plans for everything. Plans for things you never asked for or even dreamed of. And you find you can't do anything in your life unless it's part of some socialist plan. And then you find out that they can punish you for violating some part of their plan. Parts you never even knew existed. And then you find yourself in some re-education camp where your main job is growing cauliflower or broccoli. You do that until you learn to accept their plans completely, without question, because that's what they really want, your unquestioned allegiance to their crazy plans. And you'd have to spend a very long time in a re-education camp to actually believe that any of Liz Warren's ideas are rational. But for the longest time, members of the media were trying to do their best to convince us that she was brilliant and that she'd make a great president. You could read articles anywhere praising her to the high heavens. You'd read things like this in Vanity Fair. Can MAGA country learn to love Elizabeth Warren? Trump voters like Elizabeth Warren's ideas. They just don't like Elizabeth Warren. How the Harvard professor is channeling her Oklahoma roots to sell the Warren revolution. you got to be kidding, right? And then there was an article by a guy named Peter Hamby, also in Vanity Fair, and he wrote, By flooding the zone with policies and a straightforward plan to fund them, Warren has created an aura as the smartest and most substantive candidate in the field. At a time when Washington feels chaotic and corrupt, a message of serious expertise suddenly holds great appeal. Wow. And then there was the Morning Joe show on MSNBC. They were all in on Warren, too. Elizabeth Warren, they said. She's been working on her message since she's been in graduate school and since she has watched people suffer from bankruptcy and studied what has happened in the system of America's economy that has victimized these very people. And what's getting her those crowds, Mr. President, is because her message resonates and she's been working that message and people want answers as to why they're suffering and they're drawn to her, thousands of them across the country, to hear what she has to say. And then there was The Nation magazine. The headline said it all. Elizabeth Warren has made her story America's story. The presidential contender is using her biography to set up her ambitious policy agenda, and it's working. Well, it isn't working anymore. These very same people who loved everything about her are now saying they knew all along that she wouldn't be the nominee. Now, many are now saying that she should be the vice president. Really? Would that make her any less annoying? I don't think so. It's pretty clear that the media loved and still does love Elizabeth Warren. And now they're so sad, so very sad, and now I guess we're supposed to feel terrible for them. They think we should apologize for exposing her as a very mean person, a person who lies a lot and whose ideas are as crazy as they are unaffordable. Her ideas were not important, they say. It was her great socialist crusade. And isn't that far more important than the fact that none of her ideas are rational? If you think Medicare for All is nuts, 
How about her Accountable Capitalism Act? This crazy idea would put workers on the board of companies, a backdoor way of socializing industry, or the real corporate profits tax that would tax companies making more than $100 million at a rate of 7%. She also wants to start something called the Department of Economic Development. This little gem would combine the Commerce Department with the Small Business Administration, the Patent and Trademark Office, too. It would encourage companies to stay in America and not move their factories elsewhere. I can only assume company presidents would be put in prison if they did move somewhere else. She also wants to do more job training. Democrats always seem to want to do more job training. Why, I don't know, since when they're in charge of the economy, there are no jobs to train for. And don't forget her immigration plan. It's really an open borders plan, but it starts slowly and then builds to open borders. Or how about universal child care? This plan would be a federal program to give free child care to anyone under 200% of the poverty line. She also wants to stop drilling for oil on all public lands, and she wants to set up a goal of having 10% of all energy produced by renewable energy sources. Once again, the left doesn't understand science. Wind and solar aren't viable. They're feel-good, but they're not viable by any means. How about nuclear? They won't consider that at all, will they? But the left only cares about the feeling and not about the science. And then, of course, she wanted to do something really big. She wanted to start another housing crisis and maybe another massive recession. That's something she could really be proud about. She wants federal funding to build 3.2 million affordable housing units. Federal and state governments are solely responsible for the lack of affordable housing. Programs like rent control and abusive zoning laws and green initiatives are to blame for the lack of affordable housing. So her answer to solve the problem created by government is more government. Brilliant. But that's not the best part of her ideas. She wants the government to give people down payments so they can buy houses. Naturally, she wants to do away with the Electoral College so that New York and California can elect the president every four years. This is another fashionable idea being pushed by the left to help ensure socialism. Then there's this idea that should discourage anyone from getting a business degree. She wants to make it easier to put business executives in jail, and she wants to break up big tech companies. I'm not sure how she would manage this jail-for-executives plan, but I suspect it involves some type of presidential executive order, with no due process, of course. If you've been paying attention, the left is pretty fed up with that old concept of innocent until proven guilty. She also wants to pay off student debt and then eventually make college tuition free. Forget about the fact that the government takeover of student loans has given the green light to colleges to waste a ton of money on things that have nothing to do with educating students and that the cost of college tuition has grown unbelievably because of that. How much would they waste if college is free? Guess. So even if you put aside the fact that she lies a lot and that she's very annoying, her ideas were awful and we can't afford them. That might explain just a little bit why she had to drop out of the race. But I suppose I should cut her some slack because she's a Massachusetts politician 
on top of being a Harvard professor. It doesn't get any worse than that. Remember, Massachusetts is one of the bluest states in the country. A Democrat can get away with saying or doing just about anything, unless you're dumb enough to say that you like President Trump, of course. But other than that, you can get away with just about anything. That's the reason someone as bad as Elizabeth Warren can get elected in Massachusetts, because the Democrats totally control the state. But what works in Massachusetts doesn't always play well in the rest of the country. For instance, the fact that she lied about being part Native American didn't affect her at all in Massachusetts when she ran for the Senate. In two separate Senate races, lying didn't affect her at all. In fact, when her opponents would bring up the subject of her lying about her ancestry, they would be attacked by the media and the left. So the liar was given a free pass, and the people who brought up the subject were attacked, only in Massachusetts. Of course, taking that DNA test that showed what? That she had one and 1,024 parts Native American? That showed her that her claims were bogus? It made people wonder why she even made the results public. Not very bright. So, she's not an Indian. She's a liar. And she sure isn't a capitalist either. And people outside of Massachusetts were not impressed. I think that one of the reasons that so many Democrats from Massachusetts run for president is because they get such a false picture of themselves from the media and the overwhelming Democrat voter base in that state. No one ever tells them their ideas are bad or that they have no charisma because they never get any pushback from the media. There's only one newspaper, the Boston Herald, that will attack them even a little bit and some talk radio, but for the most part, they live in a cocoon. The Boston Globe is the dominant newspaper, and I believe they've never criticized a Democrat or praised a Republican either. So people like Teddy Kennedy and Mike Dukakis, John Kerry, and Elizabeth Warren get so much praise and so little criticism that they actually start to believe that they're destined to be president. They don't realize that outside of Massachusetts, people see their flaws, like Teddy Kennedy being responsible for the death of Mary Jo Kopechny, or Mike Dukakis being so out of touch and just a terrible candidate, or stuffy and pretentious John Kerry, a laughingstock to anyone who listens to him. And now Elizabeth Warren, who dropped out today, a woman so out of touch that she actually believed that she was destined to win. Anyone who actually listened to her plans knows she couldn't possibly win. What she needed, and all the other Massachusetts candidates needed, was a little Roman history. When a victorious general would come home after winning a big battle, they'd ride in a chariot through the streets of Rome, dressed in fine robes, and the crowds would cheer, just like being a Democrat in Massachusetts. The only difference is that there would be a slave standing behind the general holding a golden crown over his head, and the slave would be whispering in their ear, remember, you are only a man, or in her case, only an Indian. In Massachusetts, it's pretty much the same, except there's no slave whispering, Teddy, you killed a woman, don't run, or John Kerry, you're such a snob, nobody likes you, don't run, or Mike Dukakis, are you kidding? You can't run for president, or Liz Warren, you're a fake Indian, you're dull and boring, 
and you're mean with no charisma at all and no warmth, and your ideas are terrible. Give us a break, Liz. Let's face it, Elizabeth Warren is a socialism denier, but for some reason thought she was going to be the presidential nominee of the Democrat Party. She thought she would be the female Bernie Sanders, and because she's a woman, the far left in her party would desert crazy Bernie and go for her. She would come out with a lot of socialist ideas, and all the while she'd lie and say that she liked capitalism. So it's over for Liz Warren. About time, like all of her Massachusetts predecessors, she's been exposed. Her ideas are terrible. She acts privileged and overbearing, and she's trying to hide her socialist roots. But it didn't work, Liz. The lights were too bright to hide your lies and your anger and your failed ideology. Time to open a few bottles of beer, Liz, and just call it a day. <laughs>